Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Nile or Nine podcast. It's myself, Nile or Nine, and Andrea Cleary here, and we are going to be talking about some new music from Alvaredi. What else are we talking about, Andrea? Um, the vice presidential debate. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're no? not talking about that. Shit, I've got all these notes, <laughs> we're, man. We're be... I stayed up all night. <laughs> oh no! Oh, you're you're on the wrong podcast again. Oh no! Uh, we're going to be talking about new songs from Bicep and Mansur Brown and. Uh, well, I'm in the middle of Ireland Music Week at the moment. You are. How's that going? Like, in the middle of it. It's currently day three. <coughs> Technically. Yeah, day three. Um, yeah, it's been great, actually. You know, it's here's Ireland Music Week, which happens every year, either in its previous guise as Hard Work Glass Heroes, or now Ireland Music Week for the last year and this year. And um, yeah, it's actually been great. And it's really like, they've done a great job in terms of, you know, it's all been happening online. It's all been happening in this platform called Hop In, and it's got panels and workshops, and there's like a reception area, and you can have a chat with everybody. It's been really nice just to see everybody kind of in one mm. place, you know, and people asking questions. The chat is very open. It's just been lovely. It's been really nice, and the panels are really good. Yeah. I just had to pause there because there's a chimney sweepers in the house um, to clean the chimney. Chim, chim, churu. <laughs> you know it's October, it's chimney season, and there is a lot happening in terms of fires. I mean, we've eat, recorded so. for about 10 minutes now, and your doorbell has rang no fewer than three times. So it's it's a busy three day. <laughs> yeah, I've got, uh, <laughs> I got a parcel delivered. I got some plants delivered from Potty Mouth. And it's chimney sweeps. Just happens to be. This, this doesn't happen when we record no, in the evening. No, that's true. That's true. That is the, the benefit of recording <laughs> in the evening. But... um. Yeah. 
It feels like evening for me because I'm about to go to bed after this recording because I didn't sleep last oh, night. Oh yeah, so. Andrea didn't sleep. I didn't well sleep last at all night. last night. So I'm I'm this I'm the kind of um, loopy kind of feeling a bit drunk from lack of sleep feeling so if yeah, i if i yeah. don't make any sense in this podcast i do apologize but um just bear with me listeners <laughs> okay don't worry don't worry you'll be fine um but yeah as i was saying there was uh, some good stuff happening in terms of panels and uh yeah it's been really good the we're approaching music media in ireland panel is one that i've done a number of times for our music with your hard work last year but it was really good what's interesting is um you know the the online format actually allows for a like nice two-way communication in terms of conference stuff so q a's can feel actually quite involved and rather just like watching mm. a panel i certainly <laughs> i remember being at um aim the um uh, aim week which happens in new york went over a couple of years ago and i saw some of the worst some of the most depressing panels i've ever seen in my life just like lethargic questions that were dull somebody went from facebook was on a panel and just was was not was not asked any hard questions about it and this was the time when everyone was talking about how you know facebook um it was affecting the election no hard questions asked at all oh anyway um and i mean there was people asleep in in the in the room it was very warm it was july june july in in new york in in the summer so yeah, it was a lot, <laughs> but no such no such problems at Ireland Music Week. Thankfully, um, it's just been a lovely uh, collection of people, and the showcases as well, which are on. They had a bit of an issue with the uh, video and audio the first night, which they rebroadcast last night. Um, it was uh, poorly compressed, basically, but it ended up uh, being shown again last night. And I just thought it's like they did a great job in terms of showcase stuff. Tiny Arc were doing the um, the filming and. All the bands were like nicely mixed, and uh, it kind of happens. Like, do you know the way? Like, when you're at a, a festival, showcase festival like that, it basically you're running between different uh, venues and stuff. This kind of recreated that in a way because essentially what you're doing is you're having this. Uh, what would you call it? Like, um, <laughs> my chimney is literally <laughs> vibrating behind me. <laughs> we powered through. We powered through. <laughs> Yes. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> uh, when you're when you're running between music festivals, you're like, "Where are you going? Where are you? Going? I'm going to this. I'm going to try and catch five minutes of this." Because of the way it's set up, everyone is starting in five minutes of each other. So you kind of there's three different rooms, and you're like running back and forth and trying to have a look at everybody. Or but like it's kind of it kind of relives that uh, idea, and uh, it's actually been really cool. Um, and I've been really impressed um, by certain, obviously. Denise killed it. Denise Chyla killed it. Um, CMAT as well. They were on within five minutes of each other. Uh, the power was, uh, of that. Good God. Yeah. It was unfair. But everyone, everyone's basically given 15 minutes to play. Sailor uh, David Amai was great. Um, I thought, uh, who else did I really enjoy? Um, last night, uh, Powpig and Kinsey were on. Strange Boy, the Limerick MC, he had like a trad group with him and he did a, like a trad thing. It was cool. really interesting, like a rap and trad thing. Totally did not expect that. And uh, and Rachel Lavelle, of course, as well. And uh, my boy Skinner, who I managed, was playing as well. So I really enjoyed that. So tonight is uh, Thursday. There's a last the last night. We've got the likes of Anamika. Um, Merley's on, Hazy Hayes, God knows, Nilo. 
um, Ethanessa Francis and Nisha Rue. So there's loads of stuff happening tonight. So more yeah, of that. So it's been really great. It's been really great. It's kind of leads me into one of my reasons to be cheerful. I think like that just music in general this week has been my one of my reasons to be cheerful. Um, you know, even in the passing of not that it like would mean a lot to me personally, but like Eddie Van Halen passed away this week. But even just a lot of people sharing stories about him and all that kind of stuff, even like him playing the beat it uh, guitar, mm, riffs, which I didn't like know. That, I know didn't how. know that story until until no. people shared it. Yeah, I mean, my housemate Sean is a bit, is a sound engineer producer, and he said um, he was talking about how he when he was young he would spend hours and hours trying to learn that and it nearly killed him. Like, it's just ridiculous. And how I was reading some of that kind of stuff this week about he, basically how he changed the uh, song completely um, while uh, Michael Jackson was out of the studio. And then uh, I saw a couple of other stories about Eddie Van Halen, how um, apparently when he got his hip replaced, he stayed awake throughout the operation to help the doctor fill the hole. <laughs> So, and then, and then there's the other famous story about like the rock excess and the kind of like rider stuff with the no brown M and M's. I love that. Uh, I absolutely love that. That's that's so funny. Yeah, and I think it is it is a true thing. And I think when you realize maybe it wasn't that obvious like ten or fifteen years ago when you heard that story, it was like oh they're they're such like oh you know divas that they don't want any brown M&Ms but actually as it was later explained then it's quite obvious to a lot of people it was a they said uh, it was a litmus test to see if venues could be trusted to handle the band's demanding performances uh, David Lee Roth told NPR if I came backstage having been uh, one of the architects of this lighting and stage design and I saw brown M&Ms on the catering table then I guarantee the promoter not read the contract writer and we would have to do a serious yeah. line check. I mean it's it so, is it, it's such a clever litmus test and he like while while I wasn't like well I'm not like a huge fan of his music or anything um he he is he was rather one of those kind of larger than life rock characters like even beyond music just such yeah. a character and you hear all of these kinds of different stories and yeah it's very sad he was only 65 like um yeah apparently he'd been so from a cancer for yeah a it's quite now, sad so, and um, you know yeah it was it was nice to kind of have a week where people are just kind of sharing those stories out, outside of you know, obviously people posting like favorite songs and stuff, but just kind of gas things yeah. that he did. Um, I like that. Yeah, That's exactly. cool. He, d- he did seem like an absolute gas lad. So, I mean, I didn't know that about him yeah. helping the doctors drill into his hip, but that's pretty fucking rock and roll. Like. That's pretty yeah. cool. I don't know why. He must have, did he not trust doctors? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the doctor had some brown M&Ms on the table, so he didn't trust him. Yeah. <laughs> um, funny, you know, I was watching The Sopranos recently, as you know, I've been re-watching it. I'm on season six at the moment, and uh, there's been some famous musicians in it. Obviously, Steve Van Zandt is in it, um, but um, who was in it recently? Uh, another famous guitarist. It wasn't Eddie Van Halen, was it? They don't. Yeah. So David Lee Roth was on um, Sopranos once uh, in playing a card game. Um, I think he was just a fan by the sound. As of himself, or playing a character. So, yeah. yeah, playing himself in in, in this oh, card there game. There you go. <laughs> and he was a bandmate of Eddie Van Halen, so maybe think of that. Um, I don't know why how it happened, but maybe there you go. Um. So what else has been happening? Um, uh, one of the things that made me cheerful. Sorry, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna offload uh, this, on you. This here, is Andrea, so fine. fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
the obviously one of my favorite bands is the Beastie Boys and uh, Ad Rock from the band. Um, the did you see this Rolling Stone greatest album list from last week? Yeah, before they did it five five hundred greatest yeah. albums or something. Well, as part of the process, they asked people to um, uh, submit uh, artists and critics in industry to submit a list of their favorite albums. And of course, being the mischievous type, even though he's what in his fifties now, um, <laughs> Ad Rock. Um, did actually submit a list that includes a lot of albums that just don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> he just like made stuff up. So he had albums from amongst the real albums from the likes of Maccabee and Phil Collins was in there. Quite um, right. He had uh, fake albums from uh, artists like Sergeant Crikey, uh, album titles like Slip Into Something More Fantastical and uh, Flutes of Plenty. <laughs> Um, bus station situation <laughs> by Pops Willard. Bus station situation. Um, <laughs> Woodpeckers from space by the Video Kids. The Video Kids uh, is a fantastic name for a band, like a kind of an an eighties sure band synth band Kids. or something. I had to be corrected this week because uh, Oh Ladies and Lords, the Modway is another one. Um, I had to be corrected this week because I actually thought there was a band in it called Ultimate Spinach. And I was like, ah, oh, that's gas. And then somebody sent me an email that was like, they're actually a real band. I, I think I've <laughs> I heard like, of that oh. band before. I think we might have mentioned that band on this podcast, Niall. Yeah. Really? Ultimate yeah, I Spinach. think so. Because I think I remember okay. you saying that's a very silly name. Um, yeah. It well, is a very, very silly, silly name. name. But that's all right. I don't mind that. But, yes. Yes, me neither. Me neither. So what's your re- reason to be cheerful? Oh, you also had an a piss take kind of Irish album by Aileen McCullough on Urad Shin Boshti's in there. I'm like, what? Love that. <laughs> that's <very laughs> random. And I had to be like, check it wasn't a real thing, just in case he has some obscure record. Uh, but it doesn't seem okay. to be. Uh, my reason to be cheerful is a very short clip that Roshi Murphy posted on her Twitter can we can we play it? Yeah. I mean, only you can answer that question. You produce this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I yeah, say yeah. Right. I'm like, oh yeah, Niall can make that happen. <laughs> so to 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 set the scene, she's uh reclined on a chair in an amazing outfit, like a very kind of low cut shirt, like open shirt. I think smoking something that isn't just tobacco. And it's just sort of it would seem that way slowly yes. swaying her shoulders and just being the coolest person that's ever lived. It's very short, but just like you I'll can, play the audio, sure. Yeah, we? you've never seen yeah. a woman vibe quite like this. <laughs> Just having fun. That's uh, Roshi Murphy. Did you see her on Graham Norton this week? I didn't. No, no. I've got it uh, on on the list to watch. Yeah, it's good. It's nice to see her again. Did Did he like interview that. her as well, or was she just performing? Briefly interviewed her. Yes. Okay. Yes, she was briefly interviewed. Sky News and, called and, her British know. today. Oh, did they? Mm. Of course they did. Well, I mean, in fairness, she's been there since she's fifteen. Yeah. And um, uh, that's a tougher one. It is. And it's easier one. It is. You know. Um, that's understandable in a way. Not yeah. that I'm, I'm, I'm excusing it, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's sort of the way that like Annie Mac gets it a lot because like yeah. she lives and works in Britain for like a really long time. But still, no, don't take her away. From us. Still, no. Well, <laughs> as I shared with you uh, today, the album Roshin Machine, which we reviewed last week, arrived um, in in the post today, 
and I bought it the pre-order, which came with a little zine, uh, some blue vinyl. It was supposed to be a signed picture of her. Not that I'm mad about it, but it doesn't. It just has her name on it. I'm furious um, for you. And a lovely T-shirt, which I'm wearing right now. Oh, give a look. There it is. Oh, very nice. Machine, machine. It's got a lovely back on it as well. Um, so yeah, great. Um, Do you have a blazer on? No, I just have. A, oh, it's a hoodie. So, oh, just when yeah, you. Just, when it's you not even. A, it's a. It's an unhooded hoodie. It's just a. Ooh, a cardigan, one might say. Except for more casual, mm, actually. Cash card. Yeah, it's my it's my house cardigan. <laughs> Lovely. Everyone should have a house cardigan. I I right? have a house cardigan. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I have many house totally. cardigans. <laughs> All cardigans are house cardigans in 2020, though. So that is why there's two men downstairs uh, cleaning the chimney because it's getting into spooky season. Yeah. and uh, I want to light a fire. Cardigan season. And can't light a fire if you can't, uh, you know. If you don't have a clean chimney. Fire and and don't do you reckon he's going to find like a bird or something in the chimney? Or a nest. Hope not. We'll find out live on the podcast if, we, if there's anything. <laughs> stay tuned. Untoward with the uh, chimney. So stay tuned for that. The chimney updates. <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned for the chimney updates. Yeah. Um, and generally speaking, my other reason to be cheerful really is just music in general, as I kind of mentioned there. Mm. I have listened and discovered a lot of new music in the last week and a half. And uh, it's just given me a lot of joy. Um, we're going to play some of it tonight uh, or today. Um, there is some, obviously, Denise Chyla had a new mixtape out last week. Yeah. But beyond that, like, and Roshi Murphy, and I just listen to a lot of new stuff, a lot of different varying stuff. Have you heard of Keely Foresight before? No. Really interesting artist on the Leaf label in the UK. Very dark and brooding. Um, very interesting album out this week, this year called Debris. I've just heard a song that came out after it called Photograph. I wrote about it today. It's very good, and um, I think uh, you'd like it. Okay. Same with you know Anna B. Savage. Are you familiar yes. with Anna B. Savage? Yes, I yeah, think so. Yeah, very intense kind of um, similar kind of vein to that as well. Sweet. Uh, but then there's also the stuff like um, Purity Ring doing a cover of. Um, Better off alone. Yeah, I felt by Alice DJ. I felt really weird about that. Honestly, I was oh, I was listening to my like um to my Discover Weekly, and you know that that kind of like slow atmospheric fade in, and then I just heard like do 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 do, and I was like, what is this? <laughs> it's very strange. It's it's really weird. I I I listened to it. I was like, this is grand, and then I went and listened to the Alice DJ track, which I have probably haven't heard in my ears in about 15 years or something oh i think i heard some oh, dj set somewhere it is I was like such a bop what a bop <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i guess it's time for our album of the week this mm. week it is uh from alva ready and it's long awaited debut album from alva um i think three years in the making uh in the meantime um i mean She's been around a number of years, probably 2015, 2016 is when we start, I start writing about her, um, kind of more folky singer-songwriter when she started out. And this album, Personal History, 10 tracks um, all made together with uh, Tommy McLaughlin in uh, Attica Studios and also uh, Erland Cooper as well um, worked on it. And uh, oh yeah, all seem to be made in Donegal altogether. So recorded last year and released this year. Mm. So um, what song would you like to hear from it to start us off um, to give you a good impression of personal history? I'd say go with uh, lo Looking Happy. Looking Happy yeah. it is. Here we go. Looking Happy by Alfred.
Okay, so I've had Jimmy Sweeps here um, for the last uh, 25 minutes to look at the... Uh... <laughs> oh, okay. So I got it. I wanted to use the chimney. Uh, turns out there was about 10 bags of soot in there. Aww. And uh, the guys were like, uh, you can't use that because if it goes, if you use it the way it is, it's all cracked. The heart is all cracked and it could go into the rooms. And they were like, you could, uh, you shouldn't even be, there's so much soot up there. We couldn't even put the thing up. At first, so uh, <laughs> essentially, uh, yeah, dangerous, apparently. I'm very sorry to hear that. You were so excited about using the chimney. <laughs> well, now it needs to be sealed or fixed. Um, so there we go. That was what that live. <laughs> live <laughs> what, chimney what, updates. What, what is my life? <laughs> What's happening? What am I talking about chimneys on a podcast for? <laughs> Ridiculous. Sorry. Okay. That was all already. Song was called Looking Happy. Yep. And uh, yes, we will now discuss it in greater detail. Let's do um, that. So, so this album has been three years in the making, as I said. In the middle of taking of writing this album, Alva took some time out to study psychotherapy for a year during the making of the record. And reflecting on the impact that that has had on the album, on our songwriting, Alva said... Um, I started, I realized while recording that I had subconsciously included a lot of clinical terms in my lyrics, words like ego, true intimacy, personal history, self-improvement, the themes of understanding my fear of a need for relationships with others, my frustration with myself, my journey with self-acceptance. <clears throat> so uh, she said she was diving into the world of psychotherapy and attachment theory a lot. Different things that shape a person would ultimately affect their relationship with you. So every track on the album is talking about a relationship with another person and the final track is about my relationship with myself so the title personal history felt right so that's the kind of overview of the album as a whole i guess in the past um you know this is a record that's about relationships it's about coming out it's about mental health and that kind of glues it all together um generally speaking the there's two kind of sounds at play here more one of the kind of more folky singer-songwriter one that we may have been used to with already before this album campaign. And then the kind of more upbeat, um, kind of more jangly indie pop stuff that is happening on tracks like that you heard there, Looking Happy and uh, Between Your Teeth and stuff like that. So, um, Andrea... Were you a fan and were you looking forward to this in advance? Yeah, big fan. Uh, was very much looking forward to it. it. It's an album that has had a bit of buzz around it, which is nice. Um, and when Looking Happy came out, I that cemented me as somebody who was very, very excited to hear the kind of the full play. And yeah, I think like like you said, you know, the the those concepts that she's introducing, um, like it, it, it is an album that takes a concept and runs quite well with it. Like self-analysis is arguably present in all songwriting, but I think she strikes a really nice balance between the personal and the clinical on this. And it, I mean, it, it does sound like somebody like a psychotherapy student self-analyzing and the kind of feedback loop that you might get into um when when you undertake uh, so, something like that but i mean it's also an album about self reflection and failure and loyalty and moving through a period of intense change and growth like namely your 20s um but of course it, it can be any time in a person's life it reminded me actually listening to it of a time in my life around my 
mid 20s when I got really, really into self-improvement books and just like reading like all of these, like not quite like chicken soup for the soul, but those kind of like how to be happy and how to be a happier person and all that kind of stuff and agonizing about, you know, the, the feeling that you need to sort everything out like right now, like right this minute. And I think that there is there is a bit of that on this album, the the kind of the intensity and immediacy of feeling like you need to sort everything out and then, you know, stepping back and analyzing that and realizing that it's actually a long, quite difficult process, no matter how many pop psychology tricks that you try to employ, like you can't actually shortcut it. So I think she does that really, really well and really quite subtly as well. Um and then yeah, in terms of the that's sound. Idea, sorry, that's an idea that's come up a lot recently. And I think, you know, the difference, the stark difference between your twenties and your thirties mm. when when it comes to like dealing with those kind of things and the way you're kind of yeah, you're like, you know, self-help pop culture kind of books that is the kind of thing you'd delve into when you're younger. Mm. And then when you get a bit older and you're like, oh, it actually gets harder. Yeah. <laughs> you know, things get harder, things get harder to deal with. And um you have to go deeper when you're older to kind of interrogate those things that you maybe weren't interrogating on a deeper level when you're when you're in your 20s yeah I think I think that's definitely the case for a lot of people like I mean your, your 20s um speaking as someone who is about to leave their 20s literally next month it like just kind of reflecting on that and I mean in tandem with listening to this album reflecting on that and just kind of looking at how much time I wasted like re- reading those books and trying to like do the quick fixes. Um, and I think that it is, a, 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 it's definitely a symptom of millennials as well, um, where we are kind of maybe the first generation who are speaking openly about mental health. And I mean, on this album, she's got lyrics about um, going on meds and coming off meds. And it it, it is so kind of seamless in that conversation that you forget that we haven't always talked this way. And um, it's it, it's nice to hear those things kind of being brought up quite starkly. But it is um, it is an album that does feel very um, 20s focused. And I think that that it, it does a really, really good job of of that kind of really intense, turbulent period that goes by way quicker than you actually think it's going to um yeah i'd agree with that absolutely yeah, yeah it, it, and it is a good snapshot of 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 your 20s in that way and, mm. and then you know also you know the very personal journey of of coming out queer in that as well is mm. a, a backdrop on this as well you know um what are your stand what are your highlights here what are your what things are standing out to you here yeah i mean like you said there is the those kind of two main sounds i i, I think again there's a great balance here between the more full band sound um and the more kind of guitar and fo- guitar and vocal focused folk sound um she's very comfortable in both and she sounds good in both um like the radio friendly kind of sound of looking happy which is a standout track that is like cosmically examining time that you spend cyber stalking your ex and feeling shit about yourself while scrolling through social media where your contemporaries are like presenting their best lives and you're feeling terribly about your own and 
delving into jealousy and the idea that sometimes you just like like she says just just turn it off and it's like it's not it's not a it's not a vapid thing you know it's it's an actual real problem in this generation of people so I think that it's that's that's a really really good song that that examines that but then and also Between Your Teeth is like another pop infused indie, indie tracks that I think evokes the likes of maybe like Julia Jacqueline and then inner yeah. vocals is a little bit of like Dolores O'Riordan and I love the guitar line that runs through that track as well but then as uh, as well as that there are these kind of slower more introspective maybe more um, down tempo songs that I think she works really well through um, like it, it, it is quite dynamic even production wise like her vocals kind of swing from being quite close and personal to moving through quite a lot of space um, a lot, life without you is is quite spacious and um, allows her vocals to come, kind of come through in a much more stripped back kind of way and then um personal history which the title track is for me another standout I think it's um like how how it sounds is quite interesting because I think it does blend those two sides of the album quite well like it does it does start off quite um low tempo and intimate and then it kind of punches through with this quite anthemic like Pillow Queens-esque like uh, final third where her vocals are really taking a turn from like a from something more gentle almost conversational in, in, in the first two thirds to this absolute belter of a tune so I think I think it was a, it was a really good decision production wise to kind of blend those two sonic elements of the album on the title track um, yeah Cool. Yeah. What about you? What are your highlights? Um, well, I think Looking Happy is up there. Um, I think when it came out, it really surprised me and how jaunty it was and how like very mm. um, measured it was in its uh, sprightliness. And uh, I think it's a it's a song that we can all relate to as well, as we've discussed on this podcast before with, you know, social media and people showing their best lives and all that kind of stuff, um, especially in relationships when you know you move on from from something and people are only showing the best parts of what they're going through and the same with everybody mm-hmm. like that's that's how social media works and uh you know <clears throat> it's yeah. been improving a bit because there's certainly people in my circle who uh you know don't always share those parts and uh but are, are sharing the, the harder parts but eloquently as well and I think it is important, but yeah, certainly in that kind of flashpoint of uh, an ex who's moved on, you can't help but feel like a bit strange or a bit like, oh, just try your phone to see. <laughs> Which, Andrea, is yeah. something you've been doing recently. <laughs> you've been, uh, you're, you're off, I, you're off almost every platform other than I am, Twitter. yeah, the only thing I've, the only thing I've got left is Twitter. Yeah, I am. I have removed myself from Instagram uh kind of by accident I thought I was just deactivating it temporarily but I actually deleted it um so I can't ever get it back I can't get my username back or any of my photos what did it feel but you know what I'm just you know I, I I tried to log in again and I was like I had a, I had this really weird moment and like it probably sounds stupid but I'm sure people can relate to it like had this moment of like oh my god it's gone it's gone all my fo- all my followers as if I'd loads yeah. like but like all my followers all my photos all my stories oh my god and then I was like but like no one's died like it's it's fine people know how to reach me like the people 
you know, if somebody needs to reach me, I still have a Twitter. Like my email's out there for people to find. You know, I'm still, I still exist in the world without my Instagram. But it was, it was a kind of a moment of panic. And then I had to kind of step back from that and examine that and be like, well, you haven't deleted a part of yourself. Mm. You've just deleted like representation of you. Yeah, like a project, a projection of myself that is probably not even very representative either, because like I had started to just kind of use Instagram to post like things I'd written and work I was getting and stuff. And then after a while, I was get, I was like, I, I reckon, you know, the way sometimes like l- like the song Looking Happy, it's like s- someone will post something be like, oh, I, I just just, you know signed this book deal or I've just had this amazing new work opportunity and you f- it's like this horrible feeling where you're just like well why why did they have this opportunity and it's awful and I hate that I hate that things make me feel that way and then I was starting to get to the stage where I was like do other people feel that way every time I post something mm. and then just like this weird feedback loop thing so now that that's gone it's just one other like it's one less stress and I'm just like yeah gone i'm not engaging with it anymore i'm still on twitter that's that's but, um, arguably the worst of all the platforms <laughs> it is the worst of all the platforms but like as a journalist it's the one that you kind of need to have the most which does suck but i don't go on it very often i've been on it a bit the past few days um promoting my new newsletter i'll tell you all about that at the end of the Ooh. podcast but um but yeah like i think lo- looking happy is is a really interesting kind of case study of those feelings yeah. of the kind of the the jealousy and then the kind of how, how you turn inward on yourself for feeling that jealousy and realizing that actually that's not you and it's not them and it's all fake and it's basically a video game to see who wins at the best the best life event yeah. or something um it's very very odd but the so- the song really does like sum it up really really well um and i'm i'm glad somebody said it in music because it's it's a topic i've been thinking about kind of nonstop for a while now um so yeah when when i heard that song i was like yeah cuz it it does go beyond the idea of you know just like having a bit of a stalk of your ex or whatever it's just it's the whole thing do you know Right, that was that was a bit of an aside. No, that's fine. I uh, mean, it's relevant. That's social music media. prompting conversation and uh, exactly, awesome. yeah, that's what it's for. Um, yeah, yeah, there's the the last song, uh, self improvement, was a surprise for me. I like that a lot. Um, mm. Very much about uh, you know, as the title suggests, uh, addressing the self. And uh, one of the lyrics I spent my twenties trying to accept me. I think vulnerab- vulnerabilities don't make me weak. And uh, yeah, I I really like the the musical journey. This took on uh, it took and it kind of maybe one of the only truly surprising moments on the album in terms of uh, arrangements and production where it goes there's a kind of a mm. synth journey on this track when that before it hits into a kind of big rocky outro which you know isn't something that Alba was associated with previously and I mm. like the contrast there and I think it works really well for the most part yeah I think um there's some really strong songs here uh, Self improvement would be there. Time difference, uh, personal history, uh, between your teeth, uh, opening uh, track, uh, failing as well, which kind of encapsulates the album very much. A like she turns the line, trying my best to make this uh, make sense of this, but I'm failing into a kind of a jaunty mm. sing along kind of indie guitar pop, which is always nice. Um, <clears throat> I struggle yeah. a bit with uh, walk away and life without you. 
I I, I don't know if they're that memorable. Um, I don't. Mm. I I've listened to them a number of times now, and they're just not really sticking with me much. Um, mm. I'd imagine they'd be nice reprieves in in a live set. Um, if those things ever happen again. Um, but yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Overall, I think you know this is another strong album that was released uh, from an Irish artist this year and another strong debut and following after her arch nemesis um a nemesis uh pillow queens um of course which was all... when will those girls figure things out I don't know it's I terrible. mean they are appearing in each other's videos you know I don't know oh. when is this going to end we need to we need to bring them together I know. And I think we should bring them to together. Sort them now. out. <laughs> right, we'll do that then. In the red We've corner. Decided now that's in the we'll blue do. corner. Yes, we'll sort them out. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um just just on those those two tracks that um that you were saying, uh what walk away in life without you, is it? Yeah. I do think that those what um I maybe on the first couple of listens I didn't connect with them as as readily as the rest of them because I think I was just so excited to hear the kind of the band sound but the more I listen to the album the more I think that those tracks are a really good showcase of her vocals and kind of the the more paired back arrangements that she's doing on it and I feel like maybe if you took them off it might be a bit it, it might be a little bit one-sided. Yeah, I totally um, get it. I'm or, just you know, currently saying at the moment they haven't landed with me they're to not, the point where I, I could even fair. tell you what they sound like. Um, yeah, I'm I'm totally with you on self-improvement, though. I think that's a fantastic closer. Like, I think it does hit on that kind of, like we were saying earlier, you know, like the maybe in your 20s, you're, you're focusing on kind of quick fixes and stuff um whereas this is taking a turn more towards a kind of holistic idea of self-improvement and putting the work in and accepting your vulnerability and asking for help and and all that kind of stuff and I think it's quite a comforting note to end the album on like that after all of this self-reflection and breakups and getting back togethers and um just all all, like meds and all, all the stuff that you're going through that you know you can grow through it and I think again like personal history it starts quite intimate with those vocal harmonies kind of swirling around a very gentle guitar strumming but then the kick in of that distorted guitars and drums for another anthemic final third in the closer is such a great sound for her Um, and I think it, it would sound fantastic live it reminded me a bit of the closing track on Soccer Mommy's album from earlier this year right. If if you can believe that the, that that was this year, um, listen, it I can't believe anything you know, anymore. Not, stop. Um, I mean, not not quite in its size because obviously that soccer mommy one was like huge and brought in like a load of different vocalists and stuff. But just kind of in in the way that it wrapped up all of these kind of themes very very neatly and very nicely. Mm. Um, yeah, I think she I think she's done a fantastic job on this album. I really do. Ooh, yeah, great. Um, so. Yeah, I think it's a, a really solid uh, debut. I'm still, I think what's been interesting about this is to see uh, Alva kind of go between different styles and, and maybe not quite sure where she's going to land with it and then landing in a in a sort of a, a place that she feels like uh, she belongs. And horrible thing, maybe a horrible thing to say, maybe, maybe an annoying thing to say, maybe not horrible, but like I'm really looking forward to what's next and that sucks when somebody spent three years on something. But that's mm. kind of where I feel because I think sometimes a debut album you have to get to that point in order to move on, 
And mm. uh, once you do that, then you're freer to to make what's next and, and what's next can be much more open and and more obvious to the artists sometimes as well. So, um, oh, yeah. also, side note, <laughs> another Pillar Queens uh, connection, their manager plays the drums on this album. James oh Byrne, who also plays with Soak. So, yeah, look, I don't know. Lads, you need to sort it out. Need to sort it out. Just need them to sort these. Okay. This out. Um. Oh, just just before we end on this album, I do recommend the um no encore interview with Alva that Dave Hanready did, where they he goes through each of the songs track by track with her. It's a fantastic listen. She's so charming and so lovely. Um, and they've just done a great. He's done a great job on that. Um, I I love those kind of in depth track by track things yeah so really happy that that the no encore lads are doing that and uh the pillow clean pillow queens one is great as well so highly recommend those cool. all right uh already album is called personal history here's the title track so i earn enough to pay rent i'll grow up and always make the bed and take care of my Let's fall into routine The romance of watching TV Hearing your broken sleep Feeling the warmth of your body It's true intimacy Okay, that was all already. Album is called Personal History. Up next, it is Songs of the Week. We're going to start with a song from Kinsey, uh, who played our music week this week. This is called Happiness Isn't a Fixed State. Last week, somebody took the agony that they keep and do it on the words that I speak.
That is Kinsey. Song is called Happiness Isn't a Fixed Date. Andrea, this is your choice. Yeah, uh, so Kinsey is an is Irish 23-year-old, Kira Lindsay. Uh, she released a track called Cold Blue Light earlier in the year, but this was the first track of hers that I heard, the um, happiness isn't a fixed date. Um, and it really made me pay attention. It's like this full-on indie rock banger. Guitars are straight from Room on Fire era strokes, really wry vocals. And I think as singles go, this is like seriously promising work from from such a young artist. And um, it's a, it's one of my favorite Irish songs of the year. I absolutely love it. It's so completely up my street. It like it might as well just like just park there forever. Um, and it's really nice to hear these kinds of guitar t- tones sound really fresh again. Um, yeah, this really took me by surprise, but I I love it. I really, really love it. So she's definitely going to be one I'm going to be looking out for um, in 2021. I don't know what her plans are with releases and stuff. But yeah, I'd say there's a the collection of uh, singles on the way in the next while. Um, they played Ireland Music Week um, last night. Uh, well, broadcast last night. Uh, mm. Yeah, it was good. It was a really good show. Um, good band. And uh, yeah, I saw Kinsey play with Skinner maybe last November. Uh, it was early days then. Uh, I think it's much tighter now and uh, musically more mm. memorable at the moment. So that's great. Um, always nice to see. Is Kinsey just her um, or is it a band? I, I mean, she's she's in the photos, but I'm not sure if the band I... are, are any more than session players or if or hired hands whatever okay i'm not sure i think it's basically her mm. um, i think steve Lindsay might be her dad yeah who's who works in publishing okay <laughs> all right <laughs> but yeah i re- really love this i think she's she's set up like her her style fe- feels very like fresh and now while also you know She's she's clearly got some good influences. Like she's clearly wearing them on her sleeve as well. By and good influences, you mean? I mean the Strokes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like if if the twenty three year olds are listening to the Strokes, I'm all I'm all about that. You know. Well, oh, listen, I don't know if you saw the song I posted by this uh, Newry artist called Lauren Ann yesterday, but you should no. check it out because it's oh, yeah. like pixies and uh is mentioned and uh it's really grungy but in a, in a really cool like poppy way cool um very cool she's only 18 uh lauren ann is her name class so check that out um okay up next is uh staying up north it is uh by separate back they have an album out in january called isles this is a song called apricots <laughs>
Andrea has her hands in the air and I'm pausing the song. <laughs> that was my sense. I tell you, in, in my sleep deprived state, I think I transcended somewhere there. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of music for me. Yeah. And that's what I love about Bicep. Um, it's at once euphoric and forlorn and mm. very emotive. And uh, there's been a mixed reaction in my friend group with this, to this song. Um, I, I love it, but I... I'm not surprised. I'm yearning for um, transport of music that would take me to places that I cannot go. And um, that's where I'm at at the moment. And actually, my other song this week is kind of similar in that way. It's been taking me places. Um, Apricots is from a new album called Isles, which is out in January on Ninja Tune. Uh, the vocals, uh, the samples there are from a, a Malawian singers recorded in 1958 um, and a 1950s performance by the Bulgarian state radio and television female vocal choir. Oh, I had a feeling it was them. Yeah. yeah you know, you know them well. Um, so, yeah, that's what those samples are. I think it's uh, in in the way that many other bicep songs are devastatingly simple in its simp- in its uh, production and also really effective and uh, this just makes me want to hear it in the open air somewhere late night which mm. isn't going to happen for a long time so allow me to dream andrea I, dream. I will i can't sum it up better than euphoric and forlorn i think that that that's perfect to describe it i really like it yeah, I really like this the bicep. I think they're really good at making mechanical music that also moves the mind. Mm. So there we are. That's my review. <laughs> okay, your choice next is from Jimmy Stack featuring Bonnie Ver. This is Genie. Okay, Jimmy Stack featuring Bonnie Ver. Andrea, tell me more. I just heard this and really liked it. I really like hearing Justin Vernon being used well, you know, like because his his vocals are being so used. You, you know, but I mean, like it's his vocals are so um, recognizable instantly that you know, and he he does do a lot of kind of he has sampled a lot and he does do a lot of appearances on on other people's tracks. But I just think this is a, an example of somebody. Um, collaborating with him quite well i don't know jimmy stack i don't know if i should know him but um apparently he's he's apparently worked with lots of people that i like he's worked with bonnie bear um empress of perfume genius rostam charlie xcx and other people um there you go yeah um i think he most recently um co-produced and co-wrote the song uh, the bonnie bear song au atc which i can't ah. remember is it what, it, what it stands for right now which features Springsteen and Jenny Lewis. Yeah. 
Um, so he produced that. So I think this is a tit for tat. Um, so yeah, this is from a forthcoming album called Ephemera. Never sure why why artists would call their album Ephemera. Doesn't really inspire confidence. But anyway, um, <laughs> have you seen the 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 guest list for the uh, for this album? I have, yeah. Empress of, which is a mm. song that was previously released. Octavian, Bareface from um, Brockhampton's on it. Mm. Casey Hill as well. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, really interesting. Tracks. Yeah, so be interested to see what that sounds like. Yeah, I'm familiar with Jimmy Stack in terms of like some of the older electronic productions he had over the last. Like he's been around a good while. His last his last album came out. In, 2014 um so and every now and again something pops up from him that i like mm. and uh yeah so yeah um, I, I really this like is, this. there's a real peter gabriel vibes off this yeah vibes off this yeah yeah there is i i really like it i think it's um it's like the more upbeat version of i need a forest fire just like just good yeah. good collaboration do you know um, kind of similar to the stuff that uh uh, Justin had done with Francis and the Lights and he mm. do stuff with Francis and the Lights that kind of like very 80s textured yeah. big drum style I think that down. suits him really well actually I think it sounds great because I mean the last thing we heard from Justin was the uh, Taylor Swift album their song on the album so um, it's nice to hear something a bit more kind of a bit bigger and a bit more bombastic from him it's nice when it's not a Taylor Swift, but almost every other artist, it, it seems to be there must be some kind of uh, he must have in his contract that he has to be able to do vocal processing. Yes, of some kind, very chopped up kind of vocals as well. Yeah, yeah, he seems to like that a lot. Mm. Right, that is J- Jimmy Stack and Bonnie Ver. Song is called Genie. This song is a personal choice for me. Uh, it is from Mansur Brown, and it is called Serene.
So, Mansur Brown is an artist that I've written about very little this year, and that's kind of why I wanted to include him, but I've also been listening to him quite a lot. Um, and the whole vibe with him is I heard him on Benji B's show, uh, radio show, which is a show I've tried to listen to a lot, and I would recommend for anyone who likes rap and electronic and house and dance music um, and all sorts of stuff. It's always really interesting. Um, so, Mansur Brown is a 21-year-old UK guitarist who... Uh, is doing something unique in the way that he's blending these kind of guitar licks and guitar sounds with kind of trap style beats and kind of ambient music. So in a way, it kind of reminds me of the early uh, Flying Lotus stuff because it has that kind of transportive element to take two places. And uh, it's just that really nice, like uh, it's almost background music in a way. It's just like lovely scene setting music. I find it quite um, relaxing. And I quite like, but in a way that kind of engages me and that isn't just purely background. And uh, this is from an EP that came out earlier this year. And uh, I've just been really enjoying Mansur Brown all year since maybe a lot of the lockdown stuff. Yeah, now I'm in 2018. Uh, this is a three track EP. Uh, there's not that much music, but he also plays with a lot of people, UK jazz stuff. So, uh, but I really like what I'm hearing here. and I've played this a lot. And actually, shout out to Mango, who I heard uh, play a Mansour Brown song on his new uh, radio show that he's doing on SoundCloud. Been enjoying that. The name of, but he did play that uh, a Mansour Brown song. So that was also like, yes, yeah, somebody else is cool. And listen to this <laughs> as well. That's cool. Um, so I've been enjoying it. So it's nice. So that is it from our uh, tracks of the week this week. Um, what else has been going on? What have you listened to anything else this week? Listen to anything else this week? Um... No, I've actually just been kind of playing that that Al- Alvaredi um, uh, a- album. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot the word for album there. <laughs> Easily done. It's taken its toll now. Um, yeah, mostly just that. Um, I've been putting together some playlists. Um, might as well plug it now. I have a new newsletter. Do it. On, um, on Substack, you can go and... Uh, subscribe to it um, you can subscribe to it for free or you can buy me a pint every month there'll be I suppose some special things for people who buy me pints and um, thank you to everybody who's signed up for so far but it'll be basically a fortnightly-ish playlist and some writing around that playlist whether it's a personal essay or a, a review or whatever it might be uh, it's basically I've never been good at keeping diaries but I've realized that I've actually been keeping diaries for about five years in the form of monthly playlists so it's my way of write, writing about that so yeah you had a nice introductory piece to it all and what that is all about so yeah, uh, yeah do check that out um, is there a link you can readily remember or just yeah I, I, yeah if you go to my Twitter it, it, it's it's on my Twitter but I think it might it's either substack.com slash Andrea Cleary or Andrea Cleary at substack so, so something like that go to my Twitter um at Andrea Cleary underscore and it's there and yeah you can sign up and I do just a bit of fun just something something nice something from me to you in your inbox no pressure very good yeah yeah that's nice. I'm, re- I'm really bad at selling the things that I do <laughs> but here we well, are so you've only started it as well yes. so uh, yeah. you know you join Andrea get in early on this journey get in early because... yeah you want to say that you were there from the start when this is uh <laughs> this is uh adopted by Netflix for a for a movie so um yeah, so I've been listening to uh, my first playlist that I made was just kind of 10 songs that have been kind of important to me throughout 
my life or throughout the kind of the past few years and just been listening to those songs you know, some Paul Simon some Father John Misty some Big Thief um just been kind of going through them and I'm working at the moment on my big big autumn playlist which will be the next post um that I put out and listening to really really nice nice autumnal songs uh for that and I think the playlist is uh, a bit of a banger actually so good. look out for that in about two weeks or so. I'm sure I'll mention it on the podcast when it's when it's happening. Great. Speaking of playlists, um, I shared my one, uh, the Roisin Murphy one on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash 909. And thank you for all the people who are continuing to sign up, which is uh, great to see and supporting us in our hour of need, which is uh, very important. Yeah. And um, thank you for that. Um, I did some rejigging on the homepage uh, this week as well to make it look a bit cleaner and clearer. Um, so that's been happening you know things are happening in the background good i feel like i feel like the fog of the last six months has lifted a bit and uh, i feel a bit more proactive and good. productive in general and things yeah like i i reorganize my desk and i can't tell you what it's done for me like it's you should look at me getting plants yeah. in because in, i'm like i hung up listen. some prints like it's it's good this time of year is good it's like um yeah I always think September, October is like kind of new year for me because I, I think I still run on the academic year. I still think of the first of September as yeah, like new right. year. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, have you been watching or reading anything? Listen, as we discussed last week, the only thing I've been watching is Bake Off and uh, yeah. I've been, I went back and watched the first season that's available on all four. So I have the final to watch uh, tonight or Very tomorrow. Who, who's in that one? Um, Steve... And um, Stacey just got kicked out. Oh, yes, yes, I remember now. Yeah, Kate and Sophie, those three. Did you watch this week's <coughs> episode? I did. Yeah, I, I was very upset about the person that left. I mean, I think it was the right decision, but I was a big fan of that person. I won't say who it is in case people haven't seen it yet. But um, I, I was a big fan of that person from episode one. But, you know, it was the right decision. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And look, if you're if you're if you're if you're not if you need something to watch that's like light and fluffy, mm. like a like a sponge cake, mm. then you can watch the Great British Bake Off. And I mean that Zero. that leads nicely into something that I've been watching, which is back at the moment. So UK Goggle Box is back, Irish Goggle Box is back. I watched it last night. And there are four seasons of UK Goggle Box that have been uploaded to Netflix. So <laughs> Last night when I was in my fugue state of back pain and just awake all night uh, with a hot water bottle on my shoulder, I just made tea and I popped on um, an episode of Gogglebox on Netflix. I think it's from like Theresa May is still prime minister. It's very like all the new stuff is very Brexit. Um, They're watching The Bodyguard. So it must be about two years ago now or so. Um, And uh it's just so nice. It's just, it's like the easiest television you'll ever watch. It's it's like, because you're not even really watching television. You're obviously watching other people watch television. So it just feels like you're one step removed from having to deal with like the drama or conflict of actual television shows if you're not quite in Have that Have they state. ever done a, a Gogglebox where people watch Gogglebox? No. they People watching Gogglebox. They, they haven't, but that's my... Inception. That's my idea for my Twitch stream. <laughs> um, but I, I love Gogglebox. I absolutely love it. It's brilliant. There's a couple on it called Giles and Mary. 
and I don't I don't know if like a YouTube compilation of them exists. I must I must look and see. And um, if there is one, I'll I'll send it to you to put in the show notes. But they are the funniest people. Oh, there must be. I'd I think I'd I think say there must. I know be. their reputation. Yeah, they're um, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Mary is, I think, a vicar. Giles, their husband, and they're just so funny. They're so so funny. But yeah, like I I watched about five episodes last night while I was trying to get to sleep and just kind of dozing in and out and actually quite nice the other thing i watched right is go oh my god i watched emily in paris have you heard about yeah, this I've, I've seen some uh some pro- issues nile nile watch the whole thing obviously because um I'm trash and it's trash. So a match made in heaven. <laughs> you you watch Selling Sunset. So, exactly. You know. Like sometimes you just need to be oh, angry no, at the TV. It, really. um, I'm not judging it. <laughs> But basically, so the I, I started watching it because I saw a load of people on um on Twitter being like, This is the worst program I've ever seen. I can't. <laughs> um I started watching it because I saw a load of people on Twitter saying, uh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. I can't stop watching it, which is the the only elevator pitch I ever need to watch some bad television. So it's, um, what's her name? Um, who's the actress that plays her? Oh my God. I'll find it now. But basically, she's an American girl who... Cooper? Lily Collins. Lily Collins uh, plays Emily, the titular Emily, who is a, a, a marketing um, person, like ve- very low in her career. And she gets sent away to Paris for a year after a bit of a mix up and she doesn't speak French. And that's kind of a running thing throughout it where like, obviously there's this thing. It's like, you don't go to Paris unless you're able to at least, you know, say, say bonjour without saying like bonjour, which is fully what yeah. she does. Um, and yeah, she just kind of, she's sort of an influencer, sort of a marketing person. She has this like Instagram account that she gets those followers on, but then that thread is abandoned entirely. Everyone in Paris is in love with her, except the people that she works for who hate her. It's just garbage. Like it's awful. But And, and oh, the worst part about it is she's in Paris and the absolute audacity of some of the outfits that she wears in Paris. Like she is dressed terribly and I think she's supposed to be dressed like really well and really like forward looking. <laughs> Awful, terrible. There's a beautiful French man in it um, who looks like Army Hammer, a French Army Hammer. So I stuck around for that. I saw you talking about his neck today. Yeah. <laughs> it's a talking good neck. Army Hammer's neck. It's a good neck. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this this guy looks like French Army Hammer. He's very beautiful. Um, but like even all all the the love story threads that run through it are just awful. But like I can't, I can't express this well enough. Like, it's it's very fun to watch. Like it is. It's just it's just garbage. It's like I mean I'm a person who watched like three seasons of Degrassi first class and like most people will not know what that is and people that do know what it is will be like Andrea why <laughs> <laughs> come on um but yeah I watched all of that and yeah it was fun I guess and I watch any films don't think so oh I watched the new oh, David you watched the film what you watch Go on, go on, finish what you're going to say. Oh, I, I watched the new David Attenborough documentary on Netflix. Um, oh, with the music by Dave. Oh, it's music by Dave. Yeah, there you go. Um, It's very sad. 
Yeah. Miss, okay. Mr. Attenborough is not happy with this. Yeah. No. And you just have to sit down and listen to him. But it's brilliant. It's it's and it's really kind of inspiring and makes you want to makes you want to do some stuff to do with the climate. So Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um I watched um something the complete opposite of that. Uh I also watched trash in a way, but 80s trash, so it's sort of different. Uh Weekend at Bernie's. I've never <laughs> seen Weekend at Bernie's. Um, I think I'm realizing that a lot of 80s films these days, when you watch them, are just so slow and the dialogue is so bad <laughs> that like it just like takes forever to get to a point mm. that we're, uh, an actual plot, and you're like, "What is going on?" And you just give up. Uh, yeah, it is dated pretty badly, and also very. As in, like, very, is it problematic or? It's problematic in the way that like how comfortable they are with um, you know. Uh, haranguing a dead guy around uh, the Hamptons uh, for their own gain. Okay. Um, all of a sudden, and how comfortable they are with his death. Yeah. Really. That's that's it's slapstick. It's pure slapstick. But yeah. it's also like if you if you pitched it another way with different music, it would be totally dark and really like these guys, these up and coming eighties businessmen in New York, um, want the girls and they want whatever they and they will. Not killed to get it, but they use a dead man to do whatever they get. Like <laughs> there's a, part a bit like uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, you know, that Steve Martin film. Like, yeah, so I haven't like seen that. that since that time as mm. well. And it's one of those, it's just one of those things where you're like, so when you're young and you're watching a film about a dead guy and how they're like basically using him as a dummy, you're like, this is gas. Mm. And now you're a bit older, you're like, this is really mm. dark. <laughs> Yeah, it's fairly fucking dark. <laughs> you can't suspend the disbelief of it anymore. Yeah, but I suppose uh, we, Weekend at Bernie's is, is one of those films, kind of like Groundhog Day, where it's just sort of become its own separate thing. Like if, if someone is yeah. like, oh, just do a Weekend at Bernie's thing, you know exactly yeah. what people are talking about sort of thing. And they made a Weekend at Bernie's too, which is even uh, more incredible considering the guy died in the first one. So oh. I was like, how did they, they dug him up? Still dead. They didn't, to, did they? Yeah, they dug him up somewhere to like do some rituals on him somehow. Which is probably <laughs> very problematic, uh, but that seems to be the plot point. Jesus they, Christ. To, to ascertain where he left some um, sort of riches, uh, they dig him up and perform some rituals on him. Um, so that's part of the plot in the second one. Apparently. Fun. So, a fun, so yeah, a fun romp for all the family. <laughs> yikes. Exactly. That's exactly. a huge yikes. Yeah, I don't think I've I've been watching much else beyond those things. I probably have. I always forget. Um, oh, do you know what I watched, actually? A film called Election with, um, what's your name? Reese Witherspoon. Oh, you've never seen an election? Oh, it's brilliant. I'd never seen it before. Uh, and, ha uh, Harry and I were, were flicking through Sky and um, he was like, have you ever seen this? And like the cover of it looks really like my kind of film, like a kind of a teen, yeah. silly teen comedy starring a very young Reese Witherspoon. Uh, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I watched that. And it was so funny. Oh my God. I absolutely loved it. I actually think Maybe after Legally Blonde, or no, maybe above Legally Blonde, it's probably her best performance. Like, it's so it's brilliant. So She's so good. brilliant in it. She's hilarious. Yeah. And what's his name from, um, from, um, yeah. Oh, married to, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. M Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Yes. Yeah. Um, he was a controversial character in himself, but, um, 
He's, oh my God, that film does not treat him well. <laughs> good God. It's brilliant. No. It's so, so good. Like they, they just destroy him by the end of it. It's brilliant. Yeah. If anyone out there hasn't seen Election, absolutely watch it. It's very dark, um, kind of black humor, but like brilliant. Just such a good kind of interweaving of narratives. The guy from um, American Pie, who plays the like really like earnest like oh my god I love you so much we're yeah, gonna get married yeah. guy he he's he's in it he's brilliant in it um he's the guy who breaks his leg and has to like run for the student election is she called Stacy in it is that what she's called no Maybe. is that the character's name I can't remember I can't remember now anyway, oh, so, it's so it's so good so so good I'd never even heard of it before really uh, yeah and I remember at the start the I watched it not too long ago and the the title screen is like MTV it's an MTV yeah, film yeah you're like weird. When did that happen? Mad, absolutely mad. Uh, but yeah, highly recommend that. It's brilliant. It's really, really yeah. funny. Nineteen ninety nine, I think that one was. Wow. Very, very good. Very good. All right, I think that's all for most this week. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash nine nine um, for exclusive content and Substack. Uh, you can tell me the address again, Andrea. Um, I think Substack.com slash Andrea Cleary. Let's let's make sure that that's right. Uh, for playlists and writing and um other things thoughts do you know what it'll be in the show notes yeah go and have a look okay great that is it from us this week uh we are going to finish with a song from a guy called james eager who has his uh works under the moniker jig and this is one of the tracks that was featured in our 15 irish tracks of the week and i thought i'd include it here because i feel like more people should hear it it's a nice uh, fun track uh, kind of uh, james eager producer and engineer for lancome royal yellow and enemies in the past um, basically was making a load of music uh, hard drive was wiped by water damage and oh. restarted everything all over again and oh, uh, rebuilt the music from memory and uh, this is one of the results of it it is called the brett and uh, it's cool and it's a good one. And we'll be back next week. Bye. So thank you, Andrea. Thank you, Niall. Thank you, Niall. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.